Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Traction.gg podcast where we talk about racing games, racing esports and sim racing. I'm Tom and joining us today on this particular episode are members of Williams Esports. Williams Esports carries the distinction of being Williams Racing's only form of motorsport outside of Formula One. The team competes at the pinnacle of single-seaters and racing esports. That's it. This shows how intrinsically important virtual racing is to the Grove Company, originally founded by Frank Williams in 1977. Now under Derilton Capital stewardship, its esports squad is pushing the limits of what's achievable in sim racing, both in terms of the sheer quantity of events participated, but also driver training, education and media assistance. It's these three aspects we wanted to dive deeper into. Yes, the team has found success across platforms such as iRacing, Assetto Corsa Competizione and even Rocket League, but it's also investigating new ways of nurturing talent that pushes the whole environment forward. So what you're about to hear is my conversation with three team members covering, yes, the competition side, but also how to manage people, look after them, nurture them, grow talent and develop them for the future. First up, it's team manager, Seb Hawkins. So Seb... Team manager of William Esports, thanks very much for your time. Uh, just explain to us what building and room we're actually talking in today, if that's all right. So currently in our uh, esports lounge, esports room, games room, whatever the sign changes to say. I mean, it's uh, every person that walks in has a different name for it. Um, but it's our facility that is not only for our drivers to competitively race from, but also a place to showcase what esports is and to allow people to come in from a hospitality hospitality aspect um, into the room, take part, see what sim racing is. Again, a bit like going karting, but in a virtual world. Yeah, actually, I can see behind you there's a bank of simulators there with all the gear. And so people could use that. Media can also come down like myself and some others today and then get hands-on. Is that the aim, I guess? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that that whole aspect of, um, one, giving people the reality of how difficult it is to drive as well. For those that, you know, everybody comes very ambitiously able to drive um, and saying, you know, I know how to drive. I can beat my mates. Um, And then going away with a big smile on their face, but sort of seeing what F1 is about um, and, you know, understanding the way, you know, learning a bit about vehicle dynamics and stuff like that, but just generally having a good time. And, uh, you know, one of the biggest things for us is to raise awareness of what sim racing is to people that don't know what it is, but also to bring people into this room to see the trophies, understand what, what Williams is and, and has been, but also what our trophies are and what our ambitions and goals are as an esports team. I see. And just to be clear, uh, the majority of the drivers who race or compete for Williams Esports, they're not necessarily here racing. They're around the world. So my understanding is you've got over 40 drivers from around 18 countries. Is it your primary role to keep them in order, make sure everyone's happy and, and make sure they're at the right events and, and doing the training? Is that is that the, basically the day-to-day gist? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, every day is is a different competition. It's a different build up to a competition. It's a different set of drivers that we're working with. Um, But on a whole, you know, there are those day to day things working with all the drivers, like you say, different countries, different time zones, uh, different attitudes, different um, ages, hobbies, you know, ambitions in life. Um, And so we work with that every single day to to ultimately build these drivers from being um, sim racers to being professional motorsport drivers. And, And my ambition is that we give them basically all the tools they need to walk out and have a chance. In a, in a real world situation and, and excel um, but that they've got those skills they need social media making sure that they can work with us and keep their documentation up to date um, you know administration things stuff that they would need to do in the real world but being able to not make mistakes always but to be able to make mistakes and learn from from what we have in our resources 
I see, yeah, so it's not just a training aspect and being quick in the sim, it's also, I guess, being focused, but then media savvy as well, right? And I believe maybe you were mentioning just before we started talking, there are some future plans to maybe try and have a studio here and uh, also grow the content side of the Williams Esports division. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, one of the things we want to do is keep that, that Twitch channel active, but be able to produce content that's out there to give you a better insight as to what our drivers do in their lives. Some of them have some very interesting stories, which is, you know, we should definitely share with the world. Everybody's got a different perspective, a different culture that they're a part of and, and the way they train. But ultimately having uh, a studio here and having the ability to do content and stuff with the drivers also gives them a chance to, to practice that media training. Um, one of the things we're also doing is streaming while they're taking part in races and, um, you know, it gives them a chance to go in and do a quick interview during the race and for the sort of team streams we're doing where they're doing sort of iRacing official races and mm. things um, it gives them a chance to talk to somebody else whilst they're driving which is a critical skill for you know real life to speak to an engineer and not to be distracted so again working with the driver coaches and the rest of the, the resources we've got it's, it's all about making sure these drivers have a chance to kind of build these things up and you know it's not going to happen overnight but it gives them a chance to, to get comfortable and more familiar with what they're doing I see sounds like you've got an extremely busy role how do you scout or find new talent? Yeah, it's interesting. There's a, you know, there's no set way of doing it. Um, we do have a, a driver academy where we try to bring drivers in and give them a, a chance to sort of not just trial with us, but to see if they're going to be a level-headed professional and also whether they're somebody that is moldable into the right kind of person for the team. You know, not everybody's pre-programmed with media training and, you know, when they're young, 15, 16, but they're super quick. It's uh, about establishing, you know, are these the right individuals to try and give them all this resource and to try and take them from an A to B and see if we can... And improve them it works for some not for, for others and again that lifestyle element too and finding kind of that what we would say is like a work-life balance some of them might say you know i really want to be a part of the team and then end up just being busy with the university but it, it shouldn't mean that we don't give them an opportunity mm. it just means that we have to work with them in a slightly different way um, so again the academy is good for that but it can be that people drop us some contacts you know ultimately we can't take everybody that has to be in the team so there has to be some sort of um, you know research that we do to try find the right driver um, but there isn't a right or wrong way it's just usually you know obviously pace is a key element um, but just doing that kind of um, background checks to just make sure that yeah. everything online it, it, it adds up and it isn't something that's going to go against um, not only Williams Esports' brand but also the main team because it's, mm. it's detrimental to the whole race team exactly so it's, a, it's striking that balance between yeah people who are perhaps already established but then also ones that can grow in the future yep. and go forward and learn from you and the team's expertise um, speaking of talent I saw at Goodwood Festival of Speed a, a certain 1992 champion Man Nigel Mansell was trying one of your uh, simulator setups I believe any scope for him to join any of the races I don't think so. No, um, <laughs> I know. Yeah. I think that's no interest from his side as well. I think he'd rather be in the real thing. Um, but was it cool to see him try it and see, uh, you know, engage with the esports side of the business? Yeah, definitely. And, and and stuff like that helps. You know, ultimately, it's a it's a bit of a generational thing. And I feel like um, my generation maybe and and other generations around mine are ambassadors for that kind of transition period of of esports being something you're brought up with now. I think um, there's still those parents that don't understand why their children are in bedrooms all day long. Right. And, and wasting away um, and, and part of our role is also kind of explaining that to them and making sure that they understand what they're doing is right and so having the chance for the younger generations and older generations to come into rooms like this and do some sim racing it doesn't matter if they're good or bad it mm. helps the older generations have more respect for it and the younger generations show off as mm. to, to why they're, they're doing what they do um, and, and again 
you know, likes of Nigel and even the other drivers uh, being in here and, and being ambassadors for, for the team and esports helps us massively. Yeah, sure. It, it definitely helps uh, widen people's horizons, doesn't it? And that's key to growing sim racing and esports in general. Just quickly nipping back to overseeing the contracted drivers for Williams or the drivers that are racing for in competitions. Do you have set training regimes or do you work with them of, of uh, practice and an engineering side? Yeah, so there's there's set training that they have to do, and again, like that lifestyle element is always going to play a you know yep. a key part. Mm. You know, it's difficult to get drivers together. You know, if you look at our iRacing roster, we have quite a lot of drivers. The chances of them being all free at the right times and things is, is difficult. Yes. But on a whole, there is a, a, a flow where they're always on at a, a sort of similar time, and we are able to give them tasks and training to do. We have a team of engineers that are there to support and help make sure we collect data not only for setup but for strategy too um, and that works across all sims as well so f1 esports uh, le mans virtual series uh, whatever it needs to be we can mm. apply the resource we have in, in in the way that it needs to be done um again looking to offer also this place is a place that they can come in and, and and help with that mental side of coming in and being able to do training here um but fundamentally there's you know the, the plan and the way that we work has to fit around everybody's lifestyles but um yes there are ambitions and goals that we need to right. to hit before we go into an event especially endurance events you know we need to know uh, lots of information but we're working with everybody to make sure that it, it works together and, and that there's not one person that's unable to, to test or, or feels kind of outside mm. of it um you know we do have quite a, a lot of resource and again like the driver academy is also crucial to collecting data you know one of those roles is that if you've got every hour to put into it you know be a part of that help the pro roster um, be able to compete at the highest level when you see surrounded by trophies it, you know you are part of something massive here um, and sometimes you know a driver needs that reminding into them um, but yeah I think that's that's True. fundamentally the part of having them here yeah I mean, I have, visiting here this morning myself you walk past a Formula 1 car on the way in yeah. uh, there's a, there's some hedge trimmings designed in like a Formula 1 car isn't there there's some models there's helmets there's wheel build trophies it, it hits you straight away like oh wow look at the heritage yeah. look what I'm re representing speaking of which like obviously the, the Williams name is represented via Williams Esports in many different competitions and one thing that really strikes me, or twofold, is that, yes, this is not um, a third-party organization. This is Williams' esports team. I came down from Leeds this morning, and I have no idea where I am. I'm quite tired. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's your own division here in Grove, but, but also you enter literally everything. Is that correct? You literally entered everything, from what I can ascertain. Do you know, I have any idea how many competitions you were entered in this year, let's say? Uh, we always say it's something near a 1,000 events a year. So okay, just a casual thousand. So okay, just a casual thousand, <laughs> and and again, you know, it's hard to put a number on it. It changes every year, and I think that that sim racing is so big. There's so many events. You know, you can go online and take part in an event with prize money right now if you wanted to. Yeah. And it's, you know, it is difficult for us to be in everything. Our ambition is to have face a face there and we mm. have to try different competitions each, each competition has a different marketing strategy a different Twitch channel YouTube that is on um, you know what works well for us you know is it that even from a competition perspective it could be that we take part in something um, that has a huge viewership but it's really complicated to work with and drivers don't enjoy it and mm. it's really difficult to kind of keep everybody motivated and wanting to take part in it so again we have to gauge each competition and obviously you know, media output is huge for the team and that's what we're after. We're not so much always driven by prize money and like you say, it's, it's a lucky position to be in that we're part of the main race team so it's not 
something that we're, we're kind of pulled back by. Being an ambassador for, for esports and, and pushing it as a team is, is about making sure that we're in everything so that we can be there to show face and help support and, and grow these. Even the community series, you know, we, we need to be there to, to try and help everybody and, and raise the profile of sim racing more. Um, and a part of that is just making sure we're in everything that's, that's, that's yeah. out there. Um, <laughs> which gives me quite a big headache and there's there's about 50 oh, 60 different sporting regulations for the same game and <laughs> yeah. you know it, it adds adds some um, complexity to it but um again you know it's like it, it's enjoyable for the drivers it's good to keep them active and sometimes there are periods where it does quieten down for a certain game and 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 you know again i racing went through kind of a little dip and there's backup again and busy with with imza and f4 and stuff like that um but again all these organizations are getting involved in in esports and even if it's just national you know it's again something that we're wanting to be involved with and then just giving drivers as many opportunities as possible which comes with just taking part in events i see yeah so there's many actual strands i was going to ask you know why you're competing so many but you've 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 answered that there because uh, you've got getting the Williams name out there, you're giving the drivers the opportunity, learning from the drivers and from a team managerial aspect, always growing because each platform and organisation has their quirks, right? Getting awareness. Um, I've got a few a few listed down here, but there's basically impossible to find everything that you've done. But for those who don't know, you, you're in, involved in eNASCAR, E1, Le Mans Virtual Series, 24 Hour of Le Mans Virtual as well, F1 Esports, Rocket League. Yep. bit of Gran Turismo World Series. Earlier in the year, there was ADAC GT Masters, I believe. Uh, the SRO stuff, so GT World Challenge. Yep. Uh, Formula Pro Series. Uh, VCO ERL, that might even be today, yep. later today, right? Uh, World DX as well. You were winners last last year, was it, of that as well? And there's probably a load of others that I've not mentioned, right? So that's a, that's a hell of a yep. workload. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. And, and uh, like you say, from a managerial standpoint, it's, it's, it's a lot. But then each roster you know works in that area and we try to put those drivers in they know what they're doing with that we work with them to make sure they're fully aware each regulation's read and gone through with drivers you know understanding even how the protest form needs to work for that and, and how it needs to be and, and we build it into workflow you know and, and we do we are aware there's a lot of events and we don't try to overwork the drivers as well that's mm. something that i think we've been through before um and as we've grown our roster yes that comes with its own difficulty but it allows us to be able to like this weekend for iRacing F4, IMSA, 24-hour series, um, we're able to comfortably put our lineups into that. There was a time where drivers would double up on a weekend. Um, but this weekend, it's nice and it's it's manageable with the engineering team and the resource that we've got. It's in a good position where we, we understand everything and it's not too much of a strain. It's it's a busy weekend, but it's not mm. overwhelming to the point that we, we don't know how to tackle it. And I think last year was a good example of, of how how well we're able to put resource into things I think we had three back-to-back 24 hours of spa over over weekends consecutive weekends and uh, again we were able to manage that quite comfortably which was good so you know it is a challenge but it's one that we're, we're willing to take on so it's good fair enough I think even today we've got what like a media day yep and then you've got E1 VCO and F1 yep all just today and then there'll be more, another F1 tomorrow and the day after and then you've got the weekend with iRacing so yeah. it never stops yeah literally I'll be good luck with, the, with all of that um, I suppose final final question really is the aim of any team is to win anything that they enter I think but ultimately I think it might be a little bit unrealistic to win especially the quantity that this team enters literally everything so let's say for whatever reason you don't win the championship but you, there must still be satisfaction take, taken out of that result right uh, so what is that for you is it that the, okay, the team might have grown in this particular instance, and they've got quicker over time, or is it that they've they've taken it to some of the other established teams and they've been competitive, or they've shown speed? You know, what are the main satisfactions in your job role? Yeah, I think um, 
again, depending on the sort of level of the competition, it might be we enter something to give a driver a chance to show his potential. Right. Um, and that's a good way for us to try gauge in real competition how much they've developed from the start of the season to the end. And it might be that we did some driver coaching or we tried something with them and we've seen a progression. And again, that would be our satisfaction there. Um, it could be even just testing strategies and using a competition to really just not aim to have the championship win, but mm. to use it as a tool right. and, and to test in it and to try things out. Um, and that we've done quite a few times and it's been really beneficial to the team um, because there are so many events it adds that pressure it gives the driver you know there is a broadcast something's happening we've got a you know there is there are eyes on you and it helps them still treat it with the level of maturity they need to rather than as sort of staging a simulated race and, and testing that way um, so you know we each race we do the more we do the more data we get the more ability we have to analyze and, and understand what worked what didn't mm. how we need to better improve our strategy um, and, and set up and stuff like that too so it helps and and you might have multiple competitions happening in the same sim and the setup you use for one of them works for the next weekend and, and that can help too. Um, so again, it's looking at, those, looking at those kind of like marginal bits that we can take away and say, actually, if you look at the start of the year, we took part in this and we did right. execute strategy as well. At the end of the year, we, we were in a really good place. So it's looking at the things that we can do there. Again, using even social media is a key bit there. You know, has a driver posted correctly before the race and after the race? Okay, it's only for this event. Mm. So it's not the end of the world if it's too, uh, too incorrect. But then when we get to Le Mans, bang, the guys do a perfect job and they've they've had a bit of training. We use it as a bit of a tool. I see. Well, that's fascinating. Thanks so much for your time, Seb. Good luck with all the competitions. And it also looks like um, two rounds in, you mentioned Le Mans there, you've got a good chance of the title so far after the second place in Monza recently. I think the points are adding up. So it's it's yes. on. And double points for Le Mans. So. Yeah, exactly. We'll see how it goes. Exactly. It's, uh, it's, it's looking like uh, it's another interesting season. The rain and full course yellow is definitely starting to mix things up. <laughs> it's very different, isn't it? Yes. It's fascinating from a viewer. And I wish your team all the best. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. Cheers. Pleasure. Thank you to Seb there for his time. He's certainly not got an easy task. If you're listening to this and fancy starting your own podcast, might we recommend Buzzsprout? It's what the Traction.gg podcast is hosted upon. If you follow the link in the show notes or the podcast description, it lets Buzzsprout know that we sent you there. And if you sign up via that link to create your own podcast via the platform, you'll receive a $20 Buzzsprout credit after the second paid invoice. We use it because it's very straightforward. It lists your podcast across all major platforms, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, even more. There's also a shed load of advice, articles and videos to watch along with a very helpful newsletter service. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout along with Traction.gg to get your message out into the world. Joining us next is Stephen English, Director of Esports at Williams Racing, formerly Head of Creative Services at Williams Racing, and before that, Digital Marketing at Caterham Formula One team, and before that, an Autosport alumnus. Here we discuss not only why esports is important to Williams Racing, and therefore Williams Esports, but why the squad is developing and nurturing talent for the future, even if perhaps their esports career doesn't quite go to plan. This is a fascinating conversation. I hope you'll agree. So without further ado, Stephen English. So, Stephen, thank you very much for your time. Pleasure to see you today in the Williams uh, headquarters. Where does your passion for esports and sim racing come from? Because I know you have a communications and marketing background and journalistic background. So how do you make the leap to the virtual world? Uh, my first passion was Formula One and motorsport. That was what I always wanted to do okay, and, right. and work in. But I grew up playing games, you know, racing games and other games. Um, I was never 
I wouldn't you wouldn't call it esports. I wasn't competitive or especially good at it. I just spent a lot of hours doing it. Um, I also think the term esports is relatively new, right? In in the grand scheme of things. Yes, I mean we we categorise esports as as an elite competitive um, sporting you know endeavour against humans that, that there is a um, a prize on the line or a, a reason for winning mm. or, or something. It's it's you know it's not casual. It's not fun. That that's just gaming. That's just gameplay. So I was very much gaming. Um, and always have been, you know, even, you know, I would always list it as a hobby or something I would do in my spare time. You know, I'd mm. come home from a, a stressful day at work, wherever it may be, and play FIFA to unwind and relax. So um, I've always had an engagement with gaming myself. Um, so when the opportunity came for us to, to launch and develop esports at, at Williams, partly it was in my world anyway, because I was running digital marketing and we began it as a digital marketing based project. And partly I was the natural candidate because the other people who were there probably weren't as interested in gaming or didn't know as much about the space. So um, that's that's how it got started. Interesting. And so now as the director of esports, is it your correct me if I'm wrong is it your role to oversee the, the project so to speak but also deal with and our potential partners and sponsorships uh, deciding maybe what competitions are the most important to enter in is, it, is that your daily role so to speak yeah so esports for us is uh, I'll explain it it's a business rather than a team that competes in stuff so yeah. the professional team that competes in sim racing tournaments and competitions is one aspect of the business but there are many other aspects of that business as well um, with events and fan engagement and commercial and sponsorships yeah. and, and all those things. So my role is to, to, to direct the overall esports business. Um, yeah, as you say, it, it covers pretty holistically everything that the company and the brand of Williams as a whole does that touches gaming or esports in some way. Uh, hopefully I've had a hand in or planned it before it happens. I see. So that, that's quite interesting. There. That's an unpacking element, I suppose. It's, it's a business. And so I suppose, yes, it helps Williams get their name out and uh, perhaps attract a, a digitally native audience to be more away outside of Formula One, right? But also, it ha does it have to stand on its own two feet and be its own entity from a sponsorship and partnership point of view as well? Not specifically from a sponsorship okay. perspective, but it does, it does have to stand on its own feet as a as a, a viable business. Mm. Um, I mean, we started eSports in 2018 and the team was under different ownership. It was the family ownership back then. And I'm sure every, everybody knows the resources that, that Williams had available in that period of time was not great. Right. And so we weren't in a position that some other teams were in where they could choose to make an investment in gaming because it's a it's a brand project and, and you know, we'll just invest money into it and, and we'll reap the benefits that come from being active in that space. We didn't have that luxury. So since day one it had to be something that made sense financially to the business I wasn't going to go to the board and say even though we're at the back of the grid in <laughs> F1 can we take some money away from the wind tunnel and invest it in video games yeah. that was never going to work um, so it has always been a business um, but there are different uh, deliverables or objectives of that business so what is brand value you know who who does or who can Williams meet and engage and build right. a you know a fan or, or user type relationship with that may not have encountered Williams otherwise if you're already a Formula One fan then you already know who Williams are and we've had a chance to persuade exactly. you to be a fan of yeah. us and yeah. if you're into gaming and sim racing then you know maybe you see an affinity with us because we're so active in that space but Formula One's developing a new audience all the time you know new new age ranges new demographics um, all 
over the world, different different markets. Um, and so one thing that we as Williams can use our business of esports for uh, is to engage people that might not have found us otherwise. You know, we're a partner in a Rocket League team. They're launching right. Fortnite as well. So there are pe- people who could just be big into gaming who come across Williams in that sense and they don't even know what Formula One is or maybe they know what it is and they don't care, they don't like it but we still give them a reason to say oh no, I like what Williams does here, I'm going to come and engage with them. So there's a there's a brand value to it, there's a fan engagement value to it, you know, you get into the, the kind of deeper marketing, commerce and return of fan engagement and I always go back to something, think of the biggest football club in the world whichever one you think of, of that sentence and you think, okay, how many jerseys do they sell in Asia or if they go and have a pre-season friendly in North America are they selling out the stadium? Yes, they probably are. That's the value of fan engagement. Um, and that's, again, something else that we can uh, either build in a gaming sense or add extra layers of, of value and, and reaching different demographics of what we do as an F1 business. Um, and then the third part of it is just pure revenue. So yeah. if someone wants to sponsor us to... Mm-hmm. Um, to associate and, and participate in what we're doing in a gaming sense, then obviously there's a, re- a revenue benefit from that as well. So it's 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 not as clear-cut as sponsor equals money equals team is okay. successful. Yeah. There could be a world where we had no sponsorship but generated enough value in fan engagement and, okay. and brand development that it's still mm. a worthwhile business. Okay, yeah, so there's three key areas there, clearly that what you've described, yeah, like you say, not just revenue but other objectives as well. And tying into that, from the outside looking in, it seems like there is an emphasis placed upon the esports division because, for example, there is the Williams Formula One team, if you go on the website, and then there's the esports team. There's no there's no other activities for Williams, right, other than the B2B and advanced engineering, right? There's no Formula E team or Extreme E or, or anything like this. So the second or maybe a level pegging pillar of the business from a Mudspot point of view is esports. Is it is that what it feels like working here? Is it that important for the company? Uh, yeah, I think it's it's certainly developed in that direction in the years since we launched it. I mean, it's fair to say we weren't entirely sure what it would be when we launched it in mm. 2018. We knew it was a, a fast developing space that was that was relevant and had a lot of opportunity for us. And that was the time that F1 brought the teams into F1 Esports. And right. so there was going to be a an element of activity anyway. And then you have a choice as, as a team, how far do you want to take that? You know, do you want to to do the bare minimum or or do you want to go and fully invest in the space but the fact that we're now sitting in our esports facility which is on the Williams F1 campus Mm. at the headquarters we're literally sitting on top of the museum where 40 years of Williams cars are um, we are fully integrated as a, just as big a working part of the Williams organisation as as any other part of it. Um, I think that's partly a, a testament to the commitment that we've made, but also partly shows the growing value of, of sim racing and esports in, in general. You know, there's there's 101 examples of, of the crossovers and the, the transferable mm. skills and the blurring of, of real world and virtual motorsport, whether it's just in, in competition or opportunities or drivers or sponsorships or you know, like the, the pandemic. Obviously, was a a real opportunity mm. to shine a light on it. I think a lot of people who had probably been suspicious or not convinced about it before um, gave it a chance during during the pandemic because there was nothing else on. Um, and there's an element of stickiness there. And then that helps. You've now got more of a fan base that goes across both. You don't just have someone who is a Formula One fan or a gaming fan. You've got mm. this, the, the Venn diagrams overlap quite a lot in the middle. Um, and so, yes, it's a, you know, it, it, it's a genuine and, and ever-growing part of, of the overall Williams business. Since you set it up in 2018, there's obviously been a change of ownership for the, for the company. Are, are the new owners to really, are they, are they fully behind the supportive of esports? 
Yes, I mean, short, short answer, yes, absolutely. And when they did take over, that was a, um, a, a turning point for, for everything at Williams. You yeah. know, they've, you know, I'm sure that, that people see on the Formula One side, they've made a lot of investment in the business to secure the future of the team and, and put everything in place to make it, to make us stronger going forward. Um, and, you know, that was a decision, they make a decision about all the different parts of the team. So I guess it would have been, possible that they would take a look at what we're mm. doing in esports and think that's not relevant that's not part of our plans we don't need that so we're going to stop investing in that or stop funding it um fortunately um they you know took a look at what we were doing they've explored the, the business potential in in all elements of williams but um in in this case in esports especially and seen the potential in those three areas you know you go back to that that brand value that that fan engagement um, and the revenue potential and said yeah this is an area where Williams can really grow and now it's a case of actually how does esports play its part in the objectives and the progression of the overall business and looking at you know different metrics you know we're looking at things like diversity and inclusion and yeah. and the spread is, is is just wider the the, the barriers are lower the accessibility in, in gaming obviously is is much less than it is in real world motorsports so there's there's lots of ways that the the owners of Williams are looking to use esports to, to benefit the overall company. I see. Yeah, it's more than just winning the races. It's a lot of things that go into it and come with it as a benefit. I think. However, speaking of winning the races, uh, you have a large fleet, let's say, of drivers. Seb was saying earlier that it's you know it can be quite challenging to manage, but you guys seem to be doing a good job. And one element was that um, if some of these younger drivers are still in education, it's not forced upon them that they've got to do X number of hours every single day and not throw that away, um, which seems to be a good philosophy for me. And I also believe you have some other educational ties, which is quite unique in the sim racing space, I believe. Yeah, so the first part of that is it's really important for us, uh, whenever we take the name of Williams anywhere, to have that behave and, and be received in the best possible light. It's part of the brand play, right? You want people to to feel positivity when they associate with Williams. You know, we're fortunate as a team that we've got decades of goodwill in Formula One, you know, because of, of Frank and the legacy that he mm. built and the history of the team. Williams is a name, a brand that, that people like by sort of default. It's, it's hard. I mean, why would you hate Williams? Like, no. even, I'm going to say that working here, but, but you know, when I was a Formula One fan growing up and Williams was one of my favourite teams because why wouldn't they be? And it's really important to protect that name. Like, you mm. don't want to do something in any space that, that undermines or damages the credibility and the value of, of that name. Um, and the gaming is a, is a very different space to kind of more evolved professional sport. Um, there's a lot less structure and, and regulation and, you know, possibly not everyone in the space is conducting themselves ethically in the best way, but it's really important for us that we do that. Um, it's around safeguarding and welfare, and it's everything down to a player's welfare and mental health, and you know their, their rounded lifestyle, um, and also their future prospects. Um, you know, I would love to see the development of sim racing continue to the pace where either we as a team have a, a genuine business model that allows us to pay our players basically a, a living salary there's right. a lot of people who talk about a salary finger yeah. quotes in, in an esports sense but if you're a young person and you're living at home with your family 
your needs for salary are much lower if you're you know an, an adult and you're buying a house and having kids and paying yeah. a mortgage yeah. very few people are, the business you know the, the industry of sim racing is, is not evolved enough to be able to support that level of, mm. of salary on a sustainable basis so we hope to see it grow that way but in the meantime sim racing is not in a place that some other games within the esports industry are where the prize money is insane you yeah, know you can yeah. win hundreds of thousands or millions it's it's difficult to make a living as a pro sim racer. Okay. Um, we do our best to support that and to grow the industry and to give drivers that opportunity. Of course, we'd love to see paid full-time professionals, of course, and we'd like to see that development, but we also can't force it too soon in the context of an industry that's super competitive. So looking at a driver that does have a, a full-time job to to work around with his sim racing or is in full-time education, there's a limit to how much time they can put into competing. Mm. And as a team, it could be your um, motivation or preference for one of your drivers to stop doing any of that other stuff that gets in the way and be 24-7 able to be in the sim because you know you, a lot of it is 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 time of practice and, mm. if, and if you want to compete you've got to put a lot of time in especially to to win at the very top level it's interesting we've done a lot of work recently with um, some Premier League clubs so Man United Arsenal um, and it's where we kind of share this around um, the welfare and future of young people. They have it with their youth academies. Partly, we're absolutely not encouraging our, our drivers to, to quit you know, the, a rounded, healthy life yeah. with, with other things in it, but also looking at how we could support the space in general. So um, we work with the British Esports Federation and with Pearson that run a level mm -hmm. two and three BTEC qualification nationally. Um, looking at how we can support that, that curriculum, that course content, um, and helping to... Also helping to just show esports as an industry. You know, we're talking about drivers. You know, people who want to make it as a driver. But yeah. esports is a growing industry that is going to have a lot of jobs and opportunities in it. You know, yeah. we production management <coughs> organisation. There's all sorts involved in a in an esports event alongside just the drivers. Absolutely, and you know, I talked about some of the other areas of business of our esports yeah. business, and they all take staff to run it. You know, we're I think we're about uh, I don't know seven or so full time permanent esports staff now. You throw in contractors and, and the, the plans we've got for growth over the next year, and we're going to hit more than 20 permanent full-time esports employees before mm. too long. And those are all careers that didn't exist previously. So for people who are passionate and committed, whether it's sim racing or wider gaming or the esports space, um, there are opportunities here that people might not realize or might not have been aware of before. So a lot of the work that we're doing is is helping the education system and, and the kind of national esports bodies right. to show that this is a genuine thing. You know, it's not mm. people messing around playing games for fun. That that's still a thing. That is gaming, but in esports sense, there's pro competition, but there's also pro uh, pro business and opportunities for people. And I think there's a responsibility that everyone should have, but that we certainly take very seriously to to have a positive impact on the space and to you know make the world a better place or make the industry stronger than yeah. it was when you found it and it, it's really important for us and like i said who, who we are as williams and what we stand for to make sure that we we are we are a positive impact on anything that we do that's excellent i think the the career path within sim racing and racing esports isn't touched upon enough and um, that's some fascinating insight there into the initiatives that you're doing. I will pick up on one thing. You said uh, plans for the next year and then mentioned uh, growing the team. So what are your plans for the next year on our aims and objectives? Simply grow grow the business. You know, those those objectives of, of growing the contribution and the value that esports and gaming can bring to Williams as an overall company 
growing the ways that we can engage. Obviously, we want to engage with more and more fans. You know, the bigger fan base you have, the stronger team you are, but also giving people more ways to engage with Williams. You know, in an esports sense right now, if you go and survey, you know, a, a thousand sim racers who, who who follow content on Traction and say, you know, what does what does Williams mean to you in a gaming sense? People will say, well, they're a team and they compete in some of those elite tournaments that I've heard of or that I watch and that, you know, I recognize some driver names or I watch some series. But for me, how does it impact my life day to day? What does it mean to me? Might not be that great because if you look at it like a pyramid, the very tip of the pyramid is the pro competition and it's the top 0.1% of the fastest drivers in the world. Everything under that is a whole you can loosely call it community, but it's thousands, hundreds of thousands, probably millions of people who who love racing games and, and love to take part in sim racing, whether it's, you know, super serious hardware nuts, you know, spending yeah. big money on their rigs or whether it's someone with a console and a controller that, that likes bashing into their mates once a yeah. week. It doesn't matter if, if that's what people love to do. There's an opportunity for us to bring something into their world. So if you race in a community series, maybe there's something that we can do to help with the structure of that you know we're looking into do do we help with series and tournament organization do we try and use the infrastructure and the resources that we've got to provide for the industry and say you know if you're running a series and you're struggling to get a broadcast but it's really important maybe we can somehow help you with with central broadcasting services or you know race stewarding or whatever it is that's the next phase of development for us is how can we look to have a bigger impact on all levels of the space so those are the plans growing in that area but and it's going to take people to do it it's it's a lot of resource and, and people to build the infrastructure to operate everything so that's that's the sort of next uh, direction of, of growth for us well it looks like uh, from my in my opinion you've got the right platform to do that with the uh, setup of sim rigs i can see behind you and i've seen the office through there as well and there's people here on a full-time basis working purely on esports sim racing which is more than some other teams perhaps and maybe some other companies might use agencies and so on but it's all in-house at williams so that's a good footing i don't want to keep you too long but perhaps on a less serious note maybe do you ever pop on the sim rig during your working day and give some of your colleagues a race or how would you rate your own performance <laughs> it's interesting people so you know again this this esports facility here is is on site at williams where there's i don't know 800 900 people in, in total working and the, the people that we know from other parts of the business pop in and think oh you know you must be on the sims all the time um, it's not just playing games all day <laughs> I, people never believe me but i say i can't remember the last time I actually got to use them. I'm not a particularly capable sim racer. I can have a go on it and I can, right. you know, I can drive around three seconds off at not even top pace and be all right, but I'm not I'm not setting the world alight. We, well, we, the same. staff in the team are a mix, right? We've got people who are, are kind of handy, you know, amateur drivers, people who have competed in, in things. And then we've got some people who have always been involved in the space, but not as an elite driver themselves. Um, but that's part of the point right is that you shouldn't have to be an elite driver to enjoy the space and to get something out of it so couldn't agree more with that one of the ambitions that that we've got is to make sims accessible you know every every kid in the country who wants to try racing on a sim we'd like to make that realistic for right. them so how do we achieve that you know in a in a smaller scale we have village um, visits from some of the schools and colleges either local to williams or that are studying esports or whatever introduces them to us mm. 
and we'll host days for them to come in and spend the day sim racing and you get such a varied range of ability you know you get the odd person where we're like oh he's only a couple of seconds off one of our staff who's actually quite good and he's never done it before that's that's quite good and you get some people who are six seconds off the pace 10 seconds off the pace but they have a brilliant time doing it they right. they go home laughing having had a great experience and, and sharing that positivity and maybe that person goes home more likely to buy a racing game than they were before engage with us as well as the sims we've got here at williams we have them at the uh, the fan activations that the f1 team does so when mm. we've been in miami and montreal and singapore and london this year there's one in austin next week and so anyone who comes down to those venues can try sims for the first time and so many people come away going where can i get one of those yeah. how much does it cost you may all have a picture of the, the typical sim racing participant um, but diversity and inclusion it really, we can open doors here. You know, we've held events here for, for women-only networks or lots of people who have done sim racing for the first time or people that come from different, more diverse backgrounds, different different ethnic minorities. Again, we're working with um, Motorsport UK has an advisory panel um, that's looking at how to develop opportunities for inclusion for people of ethnic mm. minorities in real-world motorsport. And we're looking at, okay, how can we deliver from that on an esports perspective how can That's we key. be a first level of engagement mm. for people in racing and, and simulation you know you can look at it in that that realistic simulation way so it's it, yeah it's really important to open doors to people at, at every level like if you love racing there should be a way that you can enjoy engaging with this you don't have to be the best driver in the world and i'm certainly not well okay well me neither i mean it seems like we're aligned in that respect then because like from from my side traction exists purely to grow the space and make it sustainable and one of the elements you mentioned there is yes okay it needs to be a successful business on itself and we need to maybe win some championships but also what you're doing is also raising awareness to what sim racing esports can be especially when you mentioned there the activations at real world formula one events so uh with that in mind we'll be watching closely we wish you all the best and thank you very much for your time Thank you. Cheers. Well, thank you to Stephen too. That was extremely enlightening. So finally, last but not least, of course, is Ewan Lurie. He is the esports press officer at Williams Esports, which is quite unique in the sim racing space. That role in general doesn't seem to exist within many teams. It's his role to make sure the word is spread and also, as you'll hear, create and highlight the characters and personalities within sim racing, something that I personally believe perhaps isn't done enough. So to round out the podcast, it's Ewan. So Ewan, thanks again. You just gave me a lovely tour around the, the heritage fleet and history of Williams. Uh, what's your day-to-day -day role within Williams and Williams Esports? Uh, so my job title is Esports Press Officer, but I sort of end up doing a lot more, more than just press officer related duties. So... I'm sort of in charge of social media posts from drivers, making sure that they're tagging partners or just general positivity about the team, but also helping to promote the team in every way and sort of shout as loud about all the different amazing things that we're doing. That sounds uh, like it's extremely involved because as we've discussed already with some of your colleagues, many, many different series, many, many different drivers to, to oversee. It's a big job. Uh, one of the things I wanted to speak to you about is your role and the team's role of trying to grow racing esports and sim racing in general and it strikes to me that one element you're doing is uh, professional media outreach right yeah so one of the things we definitely want to do when i started was get more people talking about esports and in particular yeah sim racing esports and the best way we thought we could do that was 
get our drivers spoken about more by different media teams. So we create media packs. They give information about the series, information about each driver, little bios, little just sort of fun facts. So we ask the drivers sort of what their favourite track is, who their favourite sportsman is, and we sort of just ask them for a random fact. So you'll sometimes see that drivers are telling us like what they do in their spare time what their favorite video game is who they main on overwatch like random random things but it makes them more personable it makes them more interesting and ultimately it makes more people interested in the sport because they feel like normal people who are just competing you feel like you're just another guy doing something and it's just another job ultimately yeah i'm going to pick up on something there because you mentioned it makes them more personable my opinion is that perhaps we need to do more to showcase characters within sim racing because if you look at real world motorsport like formula one they have um in-depth interviews with the drivers on a regular basis uh you know they're asking like oh what do you do in your spare time sometimes there might even be a bit of aggro a bit of back and forth and that's not doesn't really happen in, in sim racing at the minute so is that something you would also like to see or am i on my own in that front i think yeah i think i want to see more of drivers being interviewed to find out more about them i think all whatever it is 45 plus of our drivers have a really interesting story to tell and it'd be great to see over the next couple of years each of their stories being told whether or not that's someone who has a full-time job but just sim racing is their side passion or those of them who are doing this as a full-time career and going for it and competing in everything they possibly can i think yeah, I, I think I'd agree. I'd be really interested to actually hear more of their stories and get more people actually listening to those stories. Yeah, I think that'd be fascinating and would help. So we'll certainly try and do that together, I guess. Um, one thing that you do uh, recently is email through ahead of a race with like a little preview, a media pack. There's images of the drivers. So again, I can relate to what they look like. That, help, that helps because sometimes you tune into a broadcast and you don't really know who's who. And the other thing is you've got quotes from the drivers as well. So with so many competitions that Williams Esports has entered, what's your process to, to create that? So is it so many days out, a week out? Um, or is it on the day we're speaking today, there's three different events? Yeah. So there's lots of media packs to sort out and I'm wasting your time. But um, Personally, just some feedback from me is I really enjoy those. So well, yeah, just what's the process to create them? Yeah, so we obviously have like a massive team schedule that I have access to and it will tell you what the different events are. And so, yeah, once the lineups are finalized for each one, I reach out to the drivers and I basically send them a Google form ultimately with okay. four or five oh, questions yeah. and just say to them, can you fill this out? If you're struggling, why don't you call me and we'll just uh, we'll talk about them. Mm. A lot of the time drivers will find it easier to talk. So quite a few of them will message me and go, let's just organize a five minute call. We'll just go over the questions. I record it. I note down the quotes and I make them sound good. We've got drivers who are from so many different countries that English right. isn't their first language. Mm -hmm. So typing can be difficult, but talking they find a bit easier. And so it's picking out the interesting things from them, putting it together, and then sending it off in a way that it's not this page-long quote that you guys have to pick out the one line from. It's the, here's two lines, use the whole quote, we've already done it for you, it's already proofread, it's already everything. Here it is, enjoy it, this is what you want to have. Well, thank you very much just to reiterate that but another element of your role as well is uh, and which might be relatively recent is, is that media days yeah. and having journalists down and content creators down um, which I don't see too many other esports teams doing in this way which is really good um, is that an area you can see Williams expanding upon and is beneficial to try and showcase to the world how serious you are taking the virtual racing space I think 
both content creator days and media days offer slightly different things, but they both offer very good things at the same time. Right. So a media day, I think, depending on the media who we're speaking to, so someone like Traction is perfect because they are targeting a sim racing community mm-hmm. who are maybe wanting to pick who their team to support is, whereas more national newspapers and things and bringing them down to see it, they might have no real understanding of what esports even is and it gives them a better understanding and sim racing esports in particular is maybe the closest esports to the real life sport itself and although there are massive differences it's quite tangible you can get in the rig same as you'd get in a car you can press your feet on the accelerator and the brake it's very real and so it works quite well with media being able to go look this is everything that we're doing and the, when they promote us people will start to think oh Williams are encouraging more young people to get involved they're encouraging lots of different generations you might get even an older generation involved in esports things that like the F1 esports pro series quite helped with because there was nothing else to watch so you would watch the virtual Grand Prix or the F1 esports things because you look at it from a distance when they're showing like the pana the panoramic camera angles you can't really tell the difference mm. with content creator days it's a bit different we like to work with content creators who are making engaging and fun content and we'll bring that over to our channels or we'll work with them and we can promote each other it's quite like a mutually beneficial relationship we work with them but it means that the content we create is great we can get our drivers involved as well and our drivers it's a nice benefit for them to be able to work with maybe people who they grew up watching and so it's been nice to be able to work with content creators help promote the team uh yeah and it's, it's almost a great way to have them down here race on the sims it makes really good content really engaging content because they all have their own personalities and when you see your favorite personalities mixing together it's even better it's a it's almost a great watch. I don't want to keep you too long because I know you're very busy because we're on a media day and that's your role. So uh, I just want to say thank you very much for showing me around the no, um, collection of classic Williams vehicles and also showing me where the electric car charger is. Yeah. So that was very, very useful. That's a key part of your job, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my main job, to be honest. <laughs> and uh, yeah, thanks very much for the hospitality. No, all good. Thank you for coming. Well, that wraps up the Williams Esports episode. Thank you very much to everyone involved, not only being interviewed, but organising and making sure the day went well. I really enjoyed visiting their extremely impressive facility and also the Heritage Fleet and seeing the trophies and helmets and the real-world Formula 1 car in the foyer. really brings it home how serious a Formula 1 team is taking sim racing. If you'd like to support the show, it would be a huge help if you could follow and rate or subscribe on Spotify subscribe and leave a review on apple podcasts or listen through google podcasts amazon music pocket cast wherever you get your latest episodes from now normally we do 15 episodes a season but if all goes well i don't want to jinx it but we're planning on keeping on running through now until the end of the year we aim to be at the world finals in monaco of the gran turismo world series the sim racing expo in germany we've got the release of need for speed unbound coming we've got a lot of new hardware to discuss and also the future of the World Rally Championship game series. So stay tuned, a lot planned. Not sure how we're going to fit it in. It's very tight timescales, but hopefully now there'll be several more episodes and we really appreciate if you join us for the ride. Otherwise, keep it pinned.